Welcome to another edition of the Scout Team Podcast. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook, and this is episode 10. We're back to break down or give you my overview of the 2017 offensive line and defensive line NFL draft class. I just graded the offensive linemen, that's tackles, guards, and centers. Defensive linemen as well, just wrap that up. That's defensive ends as well as defensive tackles. But first, follow me on Twitter at FBallGamePlan. Be sure to follow our football game plan scouting Twitter handle as well, as we'll put out all of our uh, scouting reports and things of that nature come March. That's at FBGP Scouting. Subscribe to our YouTube channel where, we, where you'll see all of our scouting reports in the video form as well at youtube.com slash football game plan. Be sure to be friends of ours on Facebook and also follow us on Instagram at football game plan. Also, if you miss any one of these podcasts and want to find them again, they are on iTunes. Just look at football game plan podcast. And also they're archived on our website at football game slash podcast. And like I said before, we're going to give you our overview or give you my overview of what I was able to gather from the tackles, the guards, the centers, defensive ends, defensive tackles in this year's draft class. A good group. Uh, Certain positions are a little bit stronger um, as far as top-heavy talent is concerned. We'll get to that in a second. And one of the things I want to get you guys up to speed on is that this weekend I will be at the regional combine, NFL regional combine in D.C. That's going to be a a good event. I went to the one in Baltimore last year. A lot of good underrated talent uh, there. A guy's going to run their 40s, vertical jump, position test, just like you'll see at the NFL Scouting Combine in Indianapolis uh, later on this month. But those guys are the underrated guys that are, that will be in D.C. There's also a Kickers and Punters Combine, which will be that Sunday. Now, I'll be there Saturday for the full positions. I won't be there for the specialists, but those guys uh, will be out there performing on Sunday as opposed to the Saturday where everyone else will be there. So I'll be there uh, providing you guys coverage of what's going on, who stood out, giving you some player interviews. We interviewed, I want to say, maybe 20 guys last year. We're probably going to increase that this upcoming Friday in D.C. at the Redskins facility. So be on the lookout for that information, that content coming down the pike via Twitter and also on YouTube. Uh, Pro Days are starting to pop up, I want to say, next month, and we'll be attending some Pro Days. I know we did a lot last year. We're in Temple. Uh, This year, probably going to do Penn as well as Villanova. Um, We did Dartmouth last year. It might get up to Dartmouth again. Boston College, there's a lot of great talent in this area, so we're going to try to get ourselves out there once again to all of these pro days to provide that content for you as well. But one thing that I see now on Twitter, uh, as far as like, you know, we do these podcasts to give you guys an overview of what we've noticed and what we've seen, who's a top graded guy before we give you our full fledged scouting reports next month. It's just, I see a lot of crowdsourcing of scouting reports on Twitter. You can't crowdsource scouting reports. You have to be able to block out all the noise, uh, myself included, just block out everything that you see from everyone else and just write what you see or what you notice on film. You can't crowdsource a scouting report because you're getting everyone to think for you. For instance, let's just say if you, I don't know for what reason, let's say right now you haven't even scouted Leonard Fournette yet, right? And you tweet out, man, I'm just getting to Leonard Fournette. What can, I, I don't know where to start. And then next thing you know, people will start giving you their own takes on Leonard Fournette, which will ultimately formulate your thoughts. Again, to be good at this, you have to be able to ignore everybody and uh, even those that you trust. Ignore everybody 
and just trust what you see. You can't get out there and try to crowdsource scouting reports. That's the lazy way to do it. That's the inefficient way to do it. And you'll end up more often wrong than you will right because you don't uh, do the work yourself. You have to be able to do this work yourself. As tedious as it is, as long as it takes, um, you have to be able to lay your head down at night, look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, I came up with this grade, this report, based off what I saw, not based off what I heard. Again, the coach told me when I was a player, tell me what you don't tell me what you heard, tell me what you know. So, you know, we may differ on Fournette, we may differ on Alvin Kamara, uh, we may differ on some other prospects, but at least I know it came from you and not from what you heard. And that's the most important thing. You can't be out here, like I said before, crowdsourcing scouting reports. Um, looking at the offensive line position, we're going to break this down from tackles to guards to centers before we move over to defense. And right now, looking at the offensive tackle position, the highest graded player I found was Garrett Bowles of Utah. I just thought his tape was clean. He's aggressive, has great hands. His feet and hands are always in unison, and he finishes blocks. And I think that's very important uh, for any offensive lineman to finish what you start. If you're going to fight this guy for 60 minutes throughout the course of a game, be able to finish a block and let him know that you're going to be there each and every down bringing your best. And I think Bowles does that best or better than any other offensive tackle prospect in this draft class. I was very impressed with his film. A sleeper offensive tackle, I think guys need to start focusing on some a couple of sleepers, uh, two small college guys. One is Zach Wojtek of New Haven, the Chargers. Uh, outstanding tackle with a lot of power. You want to see how that is going to translate moving forward. But again, things that translate, in my opinion, power, functional strength, and speed. And you look at Wojtek, I think he has the functional strength to operate as an NFL tackle, whether that's a left tackle or a right tackle, or maybe eventually as a guard. I was very impressed with his film. That's a sleeper to keep an eye on. Another one is Zach Duffy out of Lehigh. I think this one is a is a bigger sleeper than anyone uh, has mentioned. I know some people are familiar with Wojtek, but Duffy, to me, is a very good offensive tackle. He's a right tackle. We know how much of a premium right tackles are this day and age in football. I think Duffy playing in that wide open passing offense of Lehigh, he was very effective, didn't give up a lot of pressures. And remember, I did a lot of their games. Well, I did one game this year. I did the uh, Georgetown game. I was on the broadcast, and Duffy was outstanding that day. I went to the Lehigh-Lafayette game two seasons ago. Duffy was outstanding then. So I've seen him play multiple times. I've seen him versus Princeton. He was excellent there. Um, so Duffy is one that will be a deep sleeper that you should keep an eye on from the offensive tackle position. An underrated tackle, I believe, in this draft class is Storm Norton out of Toledo. He's 6'8", about 315. And when you talk about a guy that's tall, you're going to talk about someone that doesn't play with good leverage. But I think Norton plays with tremendous leverage, and is consistently getting movement along the line of scrimmage. In the running game, also in pass protection, he has the footwork to, to mirror guys. He has the hand placement to keep guys off his body and keep them at bay. I think right now Norton is being vastly underrated. He had a really good week of practice at the East-West Shrine game. So those are the tackle observations I have. Moving over to guard, Dan Feeney graded out as the top guard prospect in this draft class. Again, the cleanest tape was consistent game in, game out against the top competition that they faced in the Big Ten. Feeney was one that got tremendous movement. Hands were always in the right place. And I just thought overall he was 
probably the best guard, the one I would say, okay, I can take him in the first round and be comfortable. A sleeper, sleeper guard, another deep sleeper in this draft class, I believe, is um, I'm going to an option football team here, and Anton Warby. And Warby is a guy out of Wofford, and Wofford does a great job running the option. If you don't want to face an option team, don't play Wofford, don't play the Citadel. They play in a very good conference at SOCOM, but when you look at option offensive linemen, especially these tackles, they make great guards because they're athletic, they can get out on the move, they're physical, and they can also pass protect. So you kick that guy down inside, and you're getting all of the great attributes that you want at the guard position. I think Warby is a definite big-time sleeper in his draft class. An underrated guard, and this was an underrated guard, but he played in the Senior Bowl. Um, and that's Jordan Morgan out of Cutstown. I don't think people understand how good he is. And you look at 6'3", 315, played tackle for Cutstown, but their offense ran weak side. He was the left tackle. They ran right behind him, and he cleared out lanes constantly. He's good on the move. His pass protection is excellent, being a former left tackle. His tape, and, and people will say, but it's Division two. I don't care. His tape was just as clean as Feeney's tape. And I'm telling you right now, Morgan's going to get into somebody's camp, get on someone's team. He's going to probably be one of those starters. You look at the Saints when he did uh, with uh, Jari Evans, uh, an underrated guy from a Division II program, same conference, PSAC out of Bloomsburg. Morgan has that same pedigree. I think he's going to be a tremendous pro uh, moving forward. Center prospects, not a lot of centers uh, overall. Uh, you really don't see a lot of center prospects. Uh, guys are usually converts, but um, top center prospect is Ethan Posick, I believe, out of LSU. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Travis Frederick and what he brings to the table. I think he's a taller guy at 6'7", but plays with good enough leverage to where he doesn't get beat constantly uh, or, or struggles to block guys in front of him. His hands are constantly in the right place. I remember at the Senior Bowl, he and Tanzel Smart were going back and forth all week. Smart was at least, I want to say, maybe 6'1", six feet and a half, 6'1", and you have this six foot seven center, and one day, Smart won, the next day, and the subsequent days, Posick was able to regain control and win those individual battles. But I think he's the best center in his draft class. A sleeper center, I'm going to go down to the FCS level once again. Carl Jones out of North Carolina Central is one you should keep an eye on. He was tremendous, in my opinion, in the Celebration Bowl against Grambling. And you look at Grambling's defensive line, there are three defensive line, two defensive linemen that we'll talk about uh, during this whole draft process in Blaine Winston. And um, I forgot the, guy's, the other guy's name. Uh, but he was a swag. It's a shame. He's a swag defensive player of the year. That's going to bug me. Hold on. Let me get this guy's name before I, I have a conniption fit because I don't want to give you guys bad information. But the point is we're going to talk about a lot of these guys uh, at, at Grambling because their defensive line was excellent. Um, and when you're talking about Grambling's defensive lineman, I'm still trying to find this doggone guy's name. Uh, we talked about Blaine Winston. He was a Louisiana Lafayette transfer. And uh, Donovan... McCray, that's the other guy from Grambling. But Carl Jones was tremendous in that ball game and did a great job in, in helping the offense stay ahead of the chains and helping quarterback Marcus or Malcolm Bell halftime back there in the pocket. He was one of the offensive linemen that came ready to play that day. Deep sleeper, keep an eye on him. Maybe one that you could also kick down inside as a guard. An underrated sleeper, uh, and we rarely talk about this football team in terms of draft prospects, but we will this year. And we will next year because they have a tremendous tailback in Larry Rose III, and that's New Mexico State. 
Anthony McMeans, in my opinion, is a very underrated center. He played guard for the for the Aggies, also played center. I think he's very active, aggressive, good athleticism. Um, he can climb to the second level real well. I think he's going to be a tremendous uh, talent moving forward. So that's Anthony McMeans out of New Mexico State. Again, we, we don't usually talk about New Mexico State products because, you know, they're not that good. And I, it's sad to say that, but uh, this is a team that has done some good things as far as recruiting. Um, McMeans is 6'2", about 310 pounds. Uh, like I said, good footwork, good good athleticism, and I think he's going to be a very underrated player in the NFL because of that flexibility of being able to play guard and center. Moving on to the defensive side of the football, defensive ends. I broke this down into four three defensive ends. Uh, guys that are better five techs and your edge rushers, as the new term is nowadays. Uh, best 4-3 defensive end, I believe, that's Jordan Willis out of Kansas State. Just a guy that can do it well on both ends of defense, playing the run, getting after the quarterback, has a great sense of timing, and that's always big for a defensive end. When the stakes are, are high, when the, the, the game is on the line, can you step up and make a play? And I think Willis has done that more often than not on tape at Kansas State. Now, the best five techniques are or four-eye type players, uh, I have a tie. And I know a lot of people will not, will not agree with this, but Demarcus Walker is a tremendous player. I think people will focus solely on the Louisville game uh, where he had some issues defending the zone read or read option, but they ignore the Clemson game where he rectified those issues and played much better. Plus, from looking at that Louisville game, it looks as if his responsibility was – dive only or he had one responsibility they were trying to do a little bit of gap exchange so that's what it looked like to me to why you saw him fall for a couple of those plays but I do believe he's a tremendous player you can't ignore three years of good film coming from Demarcus Walker and Solomon Thomas is the other guy that's tied with him he has the upside he has a lot of the instincts that you want at that position a little raw as far as technique wise but I think that's something that you can count on getting better as he moves forward to the NFL. We saw this with Malik Collins get better with his technique, but I do think Solomon Thomas has the raw instincts that a lot of people don't have at that position. I think he's going to be a tremendous player moving forward. And the top edge rusher in this class barely uh, edged out another guy. I'm not going to give that name who finished number two, but number one is uh, Miles Garrett of Texas A&M. Explosiveness. He has good functional strength. You want to see him put it all together on a more consistent basis, but as far as acceleration from defensive line to the quarterback, he can get there in an instant. I think that's why, in my opinion, he's the best edge rusher in his draft class. The sleeper defensive end prospect to keep an eye on, you go to Division II, Northwest Missouri State, one of the premier programs in the Division II level. I like to call them the Alabama Crimson Tide of Division II. The Bearcats do a great job of producing defensive line talent. They had two secondary players that go into the NFL draft and play well. You, you also look uh, the twins, the Dixon brothers, Brandon and Brian Dixon, both play with New Orleans sometime with Tampa Bay as well. Um, so they, they produce some good NFL prospects. They have another one. They have two this year, two defensive linemen. Uh, but this one, I believe, is more of a sleeper than the other guy. You look at Cass Weddle of 
Northwest Missouri State. I think he's a tremendous defensive end, a guy that has the athleticism to play both ends as far as uh, left defensive end and also right defensive end. Sometimes they may stand him up as an edge rusher in certain defensive packages. So he has the athleticism. He has the acceleration. He has the ability to get pressure on a quarterback. And I think he's one that's going to be uh, – you're going to see you're going to see him get on a roster and do a lot of great things in the preseason. Underrated defensive end, played in the Shrine game. Um, Darius English of South Carolina. You first you look at him and you see 6'5", you see 235 pounds, you think, oh, he's just a speed rusher uh, coming off the edge. But he is so strong uh, for a slim guy at the point of attack. He can really anchor and set the edge and then disengage and get to the, to the uh, ball carrier or the quarterback. So I think with his talent and his ability to – hold his own at that weight, and you can just only imagine that, okay, yeah, NFL team uh, program, uh, nutrition is going to bulk him up a little bit, but you just can't have, you can't teach functional strength. He has that. He also has that length that people like. You could have length but not play with length. He has it and plays well with it. So I think Darius English right now, who was solid this week, or I'm sorry, (laughs) in January at the East-West Shrine game all week long, I think it's being vastly underrated in this year's draft class. Defensive tackles. This was an interesting group because you have some guys that can play across the defensive line, some guys that are better inside, some guys that may be better as five techs but still in that defensive tackle role. So the top overall defensive tackle, in my opinion, is Jonathan Allen. I think he's a defensive tackle, not a defensive end. I don't think he has those quote-unquote quicks uh, off the ball for an edge guy. I do think he's better suited as a defensive tackle, but he graded out as my top defensive tackle. Some sleeper prospects to keep an eye on. Uh, one Division II guy, one FBS sleeper. The Division II guy first, Albany State's Grover Stewart was outstanding on film. Functionally strong, quick off the ball, shows very good hand usage, and he's a guy that's 6'4", 347. To move like a, a five-tech uh, or move like a a strong side defensive end at that weight inside is going to be a problem for people to block. So I think Grover Stewart out of Albany State is one that's being uh, is slept on right now. And Rashad Coward of Old Dominion, his tape is impressive as well. He's 6'6", about 350, and has the quicks off the ball, plays great with his hands, does a good job in keeping the offensive lineman at bay while he reads what's going on in the backfield, and Coward does a great job across the board. I think that's been one of the more surprising things to find out going through Old Dominion film. Now, I know, I've know i known about their quarterback, David Washington, and he's a big-time sleeper at the quarterback position. We'll talk about that more in detail moving forward, but watching the defensive side of the ball, Coward constantly made plays and made other guys around him uh better as far as being able to make plays. So I like what he brings to the table. Very underrated, uh, slept-on defensive tackle prospect. Now, speaking of underrated, the underrated defensive tackle in this draft class, I believe, is Trayvon Hester of Toledo. I love what Toledo has done this year as far as talent. You got Storm Norton. You have Kareem Hunt. You have Trayvon Hester. Next year, the quarterback, Logan Woodside, is going to be a very good prospect. I like the way he throws a football. He doesn't get touched in the pocket. It makes his job easier. But I do think he has really good passing skill. But Hester, I think, is a very good uh, defensive tackle. A little savvy in this game, too, as far as his hand placement. You see him using leverage against the opponent. Uh, you see him using his hands to quick swim and rip and get back there in the, in the backfield. Also do a great job of being able to spin out of a block and make a tackle on the ball carrier. I think his game overall is being vastly underrated. And I also like Steve, uh, Stevie 
Tuivala Coloto, whatever his name is. is oh, I'm going to get it right. It's Stevie Tui Lokavatu of USC. I like his game as well, too. So uh, Tui Lokavatu, uh, Tui Kolovatu and also Trayvon Hester are vastly underrated defensive tackles in this draft class. So that's it for for this edition of the Scout Team Podcast. I got to go jump right back into the film room and break down the linebackers, inside linebackers today. Hopefully tomorrow start the outside linebackers as well. And then by Wednesday, start with the secondary with the maybe safeties first and then work my way outside to the corner. So that's what we have coming down the pike this week. We just finished the offensive line, defensive line. Excited to bring that information to you. And remember, follow me on Twitter at FBall Game Plan. You want to hear this podcast again? It's on iTunes. Just search Football Game Plan Podcast. It's also on our website at footballgameplan.com slash podcast. And don't forget to check out and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash football game plan.